You're listening to a message from Freedom Fellowship, a non-denominational church in small town Wisconsin, bringing light and truth to a world in need. Well, Sarah and I are back from our marriage retreat. That was excellent. Um, It's always a good time when it's just Sarah and I and I get a break um, from the kids. So thank you, Ron. Thank you, Kathy, for helping us watch our kids. Uh, It's wonderful. Um, The theme of the conference was um, striving towards oneness in a marriage, striving towards uh, what Jesus really created, where the two shall become one. And that's what the whole theme of the whole conference was about. Um, it was awesome. I know that they have, uh, you can get the, I don't know if it's the DVDs or watch some of the sessions online. Um, I'm sure Ben and Neil know more about how to do that, but it was, it was excellent. So thank you all. Um, we have, I think, four married couples uh, that are there. And so they're still um, in session this morning until I think noon they get done. So um, that and I think it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome time. I wanted to call up my uh, beautiful, beautiful better half. Is she, where is she? She's in the back of the room. Yeah. You know, it gets kind of lonely up here by yourself sometimes <laughs> when you're preaching. And... Uh, I asked her to be my model for today's illustration to, to get into the message. And today, uh, she is modeling, um, a beautiful skirt. Can you guys tell me something about the skirt that stands out? Those of you who can see it. Yeah, there's a few ties on there. Um, these ties, um, some of them were mine. And oddly enough, uh, they were stained, right? And stained from coffee. <laughs> I have that problem. A full cup of coffee and then dumping it. Uh, a lot of them are um, outdated, 40, 50 years old. Um, they were discarded. They were thrown out. Uh, thrown out in the trash. Um, not wanted. And my beautiful daughter came together and she found all these ties. And she just put them together and she made a, made a skirt. And she's actually making another skirt for herself. And uh, I was thinking about what Jesus does. Jesus takes the discarded, the thrown out, the person that nobody wants. And he says, look at my masterpiece. Sarah, you can have a seat. Thank you. Give her a hand clap. God takes the discarded things and makes them new. Some of you are in this room today and you feel like nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. What was my life about anyway? Why was I even born? What is the purpose of all this? I get up, (laughs) go to work, go to bed. Does anybody really care? Does anybody even really know what's going on inside of me? Many of you in the room have felt that way at least one time in your life. Am I not right? Or you feel just discarded. Or you just 
don't care. In the, in the conference, you can be married, living in the same house, have kids together, and feel totally separated from your spouse, right? And not having that oneness that God created. And we're going to look at that. You ever have somebody ask you, uh, what do you, what do you, men get this a lot, what do you do for a job? What do you do for a job? You could say, well, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm working maintenance, I, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, whatever the occupation is. But we as Christians, do you understand? Do we understand that we have a job? We carry Jesus Christ. Is We call ourselves Christians. Jesus Christ is our, our Master, our Lord, our King, our Savior. And as I read the Bible, and the more I read the Bible, it's very clear to me that God's in the restoration business. Amen. He takes discarded people. He takes people that the world looks at and says, who are they? And through God, they've done great things. Read, read, read the Bible. Moses, a stutterer, leads two million people out of captivity and into the promised land. Takes them right to the verge of the promised land. David, a ruddy young man. That's what the Bible calls him. Good-looking, young man. The least of his household. Becomes a man after his own heart. You can go on and on. Of the people in the Bible. Do you feel discarded? Do you feel like nobody cares? Not even your own husband or your own wife? Well, you're in the right place today. Turn with me to Psalms 51, 10 through 12. This message has been on my heart all week. Uh, this week I was able to get together with a bunch of men on Friday and, and um, the, uh, the leader of the Bible study group uh, wasn't able to make it, nor was his assistant. And uh, so the uh, email went out, is anybody going to the Bible study group? Uh, the two leaders weren't able to make it, so, so I said, well, I'll be there. And... I thought maybe it'd just be myself or maybe one other guy, but the whole the rest of the group came, and all of them came and uh I asked the question, "How are you?" I looked the person's each one of them in their eyes, and I said, "How are you?" And that started a conversation for almost two hours of deep hurts and stuff that is going on in their lives, struggles. From family issues to mostly what we ended up talking about was church issues. And I was just grieved how many people in this world are hurting. How many people in this world are suffering. And they come to church looking for an answer 
And you know what happens? So many of them just get kicked out because they look different. person was sharing about he went to church and, and he struggling with an addiction. Or, excuse me, his friend was struggling with an addiction. So he went up to one of the leaders in the church and, and, and shared about the struggle of his addiction and, and asked the person to pray for him. And in this church, what do you think they did? Guess. They kicked him out. They said, we can't have somebody in our church with, with that. I'm like, what? What type of church are you going to? And I'm not going to name it. And they said, well, well, actually, you know, if he, he, he does these things and he works on these things, then, then he can sit in the chairs and, and we'll work with you. So, so it wasn't quite just kicking him out. They, they just, didn't want them in any role, that scene role in the church. And they, they said, yeah, and we want you to work on repenting. and we want you, Which is all good stuff. But I'm thinking, people are coming to church with hurts and problems. Amen. And the church is saying, hey, put on your Sunday best and clean yourself up. And when people ask you how you're doing, say, yeah, I'm fine. And really, you're hurting. You're hurting. I believe, like I said, God is in the restoration business. He wants to save marriages. He wants to save people from the pit of hell. I see all the way in Genesis, after man sinned, I see God did something about it. He clothed them. With animal skin. Right? He cared enough about them. He clothed them. He sends a... Throughout the Bible, I just see how God is always restoring the nation of Israel. They sin. Fall away from God. He sends a deliverer and He restores them. And God's restoring us today. Psalm 51, um, 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O Lord, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I think we sing that song once in a while. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Create. Make new. Take those old ties full of stains, disregarded, thrown out in a pile in the bottom of the, my closet full of dust balls and coffee. and coffee. And what? What does God do with it? He makes it new, right? It's like Ashlyn made those, those ties into a beautiful skirt. That's what God is doing with our lives. Revelations 21.5. We need to understand this, okay church? Revelations 21.5 says that He will make all things new. This world is just a temporary place. 
He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Write that down. All things are going to be made new. These bodies that we have that are broken down. I'll tell you one thing. I am thankful for these chairs that we have. I was sitting in a conference all day uh, yesterday and Friday night and the conference center chairs are not comfortable. I was like walking around. I was like, what's the matter? I'm walking around like this. My lower back is killing me. My body, as I get older, things are getting a little tighter and I get a little more aches and pains. And I say that in a crowd like this and usually I get, just wait. Yeah. That's usually the comment I get. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I only had a couple of creaks and pains. In the middle. Yeah, I get it. But we live in a fallen world and our, our bodies are breaking apart and different things are happening. We need to understand that God makes all things new. If you're in a relationship this morning and it feels hopeless, first thing you need to do is give it over to God. You need to say, Lord, Lord, I need You to be the center of my marriage. I need You to be the center of this relationship. And then when you do that, I promise you this is what's going to happen. God's going to start revealing sin issues in your life that you need to confess to Him. And when you confess those sins to Him, He says, I make it all new. And if you just deal with your own issues, deal with your own issues. If you look down at your feet, they had us do this in the conference. They said, look down at your own feet. And they said, no, when we go through the conference, we don't want to see any elbows. You know, the elbows, listen up. Listen to this. This is good. I I I'm not a uh, a very good note taker so so uh when the conference was going on uh, I like to see what Sarah's writing down and so so I'm looking over the shoulder and looking at what she's writing down she says you take your own notes <laughs> I was like okay but isn't that true we want to just point fingers at the other person oh they're the problem they're the issue Instead of, you know, that old saying, like you point a finger three or pointing back if you point one out. You gotta deal with the stuff in your own heart. And the way we, that God creates a new heart in us is by us confessing our sins, by surrendering them over to Jesus Christ. We need to give ourselves over to God. I don't care if you're single, married, you're 10 years old in this room, or if you're uh, 98 years old in this room, in here today, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you give your life over to Jesus Christ and you say, God, I need You. Amen. You're not going to see restoration in your marriage or in your life unless you deal with sins in your life and you deal with what God is pointing out in your own life. Pastors, there's, there's some pastors that will pick on pet sins. And they'll go into Corinthians and they'll just focus on certain sins and they'll, and they'll just kind of hammer it home. And I don't need to do that. I know the Holy Spirit's working on each and every one of your hearts. 
He's creating a new heart in you. He's cleaning your heart. God doesn't want to leave you there. You just got to deal with it. Stop saying things are fine. And start saying, you know what? I got to deal with this. I got to give it over to God. Give yourself over to God, not sin. Romans 6.13. Can we turn there? Romans 6, verse 13. Do not offer your parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer those parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. If our tongue causes us to sin, gossip, or whatever, don't use your tongue to gossip. Use your tongue to praise and glorify your Lord and Savior. And when you catch yourself gossiping or using your tongue to do something that is not of God, stop it and just turn it around and start praising God for who He is and what He's done. This week, as you go about your, your week, instead of focusing on the gossip or focusing on the sin issues, when the Holy Spirit recognizes, reveals it to you, give it over to God immediately and then start using it as an instrument to praise Him or give glory to Him. Your hands, if your hands cause you to sin, stealing or whatever, Use your hands to praise Him and glorify Him. Some of us have never, ever lifted our hands in surrender to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible says you must come become like a little child. You must become like a little child before Him. If you see my little kids, uh, Micah's getting a little, uh, little, um, older now so he doesn't do it as much but what happens as soon as a little kid skins his knee what do they do they start crying for mama they don't ever cry for dad always mama but they start crying for mama and what do they do they lift their hands up because what do they want they want to be picked up and if mom's not home and they fall they do that to me also and they say ah, pick me up and when they when when you, when your kids lift their hands to you, what do you do? You pick them up. You bend over, you pick them up, you comfort them, you pat their back, and you say, I love you. It's okay. It's okay. We'll just wash that little little uh, owie off your, your knee and you're going to be okay. Right? People are using their hands to sin instead of using their hands to surrender to the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. If, you're causing your, if your hands are causing you to sin, stop, give that over to God, lift your hands up to God and say, Lord, I need you. Yeah. And start praising Him for who He is. Are these some practical things? Yeah. Okay, these are just some examples of how we do this, okay? We need to give ourselves over to God. God makes all things new. And it starts with our heart. It starts with us. It starts with our heart. We gotta surrender it over to Jesus. We got it. 
if we don't want to surrender our sin over to God, I asked the team in the back to find me Miss Piggy of the Muffets and uh, with lipstick on. There's a scripture verse in the Bible that says it's like, you know, throwing pearls to swines. And, and, uh, and I was thinking, uh, you know, sin is like putting lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig and it looks ugly, right? So I asked that. Does that not look silly and ridiculous? But that's what our sin does. We try to cover it up. We try to look nice. We try to, everything's okay. You're not, you're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. Thanks for the picture, guys. Matthew, Matthew 7, uh, 3 through 5. This is what we need to do. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. We need to take the speck of sawdust out of... Why do we look at the speck of sawdust in our brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in our own eye? I looked up uh, the word plank. You know what it really means? You know, we think of plank. We, we don't have a really good idea. Bob, did you get a picture of a, of a barn beam for me? Were you able to get that? There. That's a plank. Could you imagine a, a beam, a support beam that holds up uh, a building. So when this was written, these were support beams that held up a, uh, the building. They would be, you know, sometimes big pillars that would be in middle and beams that went across. And so when Jesus said plank, he was really referring to beams. Massive structure. If I put a beam in front of my eye right now, how much could I see? Not much at all. Maybe I could see a little periphery all around me. And he's saying, remove that beam. Remove that plank away from your own eye so that you can see. Thing is, we, we want to look at the speck in our brother's eye and point it out. Come on, we know what that looks like, Right? Oh, I'm better than them. Ron said it. I, at least I didn't have an adult, adulterous affair, or at least I, I uh, never stole from a store or or whatever. Instead of dealing with the own issues in your own life, then church has gotten to a place where where a lot of churches people come in and they want to learn the Word of God and and they they want to study the Word of God and. And they get into the Word of God and they're doing in-depth Bible studies and learning about God's goodness and God's truth. And they're getting into doctrine and theology and, and it's wonderful. And these are all great things. And somebody comes into the church that's hurting. That's broken. Marriage has failed. Maybe has a lost child. Or... Whatever. And we're going to tell them, hey, come out to our Bible study so we can learn more about doctrine? Are we going to care enough about them to say, you know what? I want to teach you the truth about who Jesus is. I want to teach you the truth about Jesus and how Jesus makes all things new and how Jesus has this. 
And I know you're going through a tough time. And this is the key. Let's walk through this together. Jesus tells His disciples to go and make great big churches. He said, go and make disciples. Then what does He tell them? Teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. Baptizing them. Marking them, if you will. That they're a follower of Me. Go into all the nations. God has planted us here in Jackson, Wisconsin. And long as we're here in Jackson, Wisconsin, how are we doing at discipling people that are coming into the church and people that are coming into our lives? Part of discipleship is taking them in the Word of God, training them, teaching them, rebuking them with the Word of God. Teaching them true doctrines. That's part of it. I don't want you to come out of here and say, Oh, Pastor, are you telling me now to follow the Bible or don't study the Bible? Absolutely not. I'm telling you to do that. But first, you must care about the person. We need to pursue people in our lives. Romans 5.8 While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One of the things that I don't like about the Bible study that I'm part of is we're meeting, we're doing a Bible study at Coffeeville, and people are all coming in all around us, and I just want to stop the Bible study and, and just come on, come on in, let's let's come on, come on in, come over to our table, let us teach about Jesus, join us. We have to pursue people. One of the things in the marriage conference is, um, when's the last time did you pursue your wife? When's the last time did you pursue your husband? Ooh, that, that room got really quiet. We have calendars that are full of stuff. Right? We have calendars that are full of stuff that we need to do. But you know what's the most important? Pursue God. And the second is to pursue your wife. And I believe that God has given us authority or power, according to the Great Commission, to go out and pursue His people. You're going to have people reject you. But when you come and see a person that's hurting, if you put your arm around them and you say, hey, God has the answer. Let me help you walk through this with you. Oh, is that a different atmosphere than saying, get out of the church until you get right? Because God is a God that is in the restoration business. He restores us. This is how we should restore each other. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you are spiritual, should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. 
gently come alongside them, help them. But watch yourself. The person struggles with alcoholism, it's probably not a good idea to go to the bar with them. The guy struggles with porn or lust, it's probably not a good idea to go on the computer with them, right? But it's a good idea to say, hey, God has this. Come on. Let's talk about it. Let's go for a walk. Let's come to church. Let's hear about God's truth. Don't beat them over the head. Love them gently, pointing them to the truth that's found in the Word of God. We've got to pursue relationships with this with lost people. We've got to pursue relationships with our spouse. And most importantly, we've got to pursue relationships with Jesus Christ. Amen? God restores. It's our job to come along and gently point them to God and to Scriptures. I believe God empowers us to do this. Not by our words or anything that we can do, but by Holy Scriptures. Second Timothy 3.16 All Scriptures is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. Bring them out to the Bible study. Bring them out to the Word of God. Study the Word of God together. Show them in Scripture why it's wrong. When somebody asks you, what do you think about this? Tell them, it doesn't matter what I think. All that matters is what God says. Do you hear this? It's not a matter of what you think or how you feel about it. It's a matter of what God says about it. You guys getting this this morning? Amen. We need to encourage one another. First Peter 3, 8 and 9 again. We're called to be a blessing to other people. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Husband and wives, be sympathetic. Do you care what the other person's going through? Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Your wife is your sister in Christ and your wife. Your husband is your brother in Christ and your husband. God has brought the two of you together. Why? Why then do we insult each other? Why then do we repay evil with evil? You think that's going to make it better? Never does. But bless the other person. Encourage them is the key. I want to really sum this up because I've been all over the place and I, I want, want you to get this. This has been on my heart. God is in the restoration business. If you feel discarded, if you feel thrown out, if you feel like nobody cares, you're just in the bottom of the closet collecting dust, you've been beat up with life, a lot of coffee spills, God sees you. 
God sees you. And trust me, He doesn't make mistakes. The issue is you're trying to live this life by yourself instead of surrendering your life over to Jesus Christ. We as the church need to learn to get into the restoration business because that's the business that Jesus Christ is in. He loved this world so much that He died for all of us. Do we just love ourselves? And we just want to get more head knowledge instead of really caring about people that God has put in our lives, our family, our co-workers, the people that God has put in our circle of influence. Do we really truly care about them? If we would truly care about them, we would ask God to take that plank out of our eyes. Before we try to correct them or whatever, we need to deal with our own issues. And then we need to come along, people, and say, hey, let's, let's go through this together. Church, God has pursued us while we were yet sinners. Why then aren't we pursuing the people that God's put in our lives? Start with your spouse. Start with your kids. Share with them the good news of who Jesus is and what He's done. It's never too late. I was with a couple, I'm not going to give you their names, but I was with a couple that, part of this church that when we started the church and we built this, this stage, before we laid the carpeting on this stage, we wrote names of people that we're praying for that maybe backslidden or turned their, turned their backs towards God. And I wrote down some names of family members and people in my life. And we made a commitment to be praying for these people. And I got to sit next to a young man whose mother was praying for him for over nine years. And he was sitting there with his wife holding her hand, glorifying and praising God for what God is doing. God hasn't given up on the prodigals. It might be nine years or longer, but God has your kids. Keep giving them over to God. God's going to do a miracle in your kids. Pursue God. God is in the restoration business. He hasn't given up. We need to not give up on people because they don't look like us or they're in sin or whatever it is. We need to gently come alongside them and say, hey, let me pray for you. Let me take you to Scripture. My job as a pastor... I really believe is to empower each and every one of you and all of you watching to turn to Scripture and to memorize Scripture that when you're going out into this world, you can point people to the Word of God. There's only so many, there's only a certain percentage of people that are ever going to step foot in a church. 
and only a percentage of people that are ever going to step foot in Freedom Fellowship in this gathering. But if I can train up the people that go into this gathering to share the good news, to pursue God and to pursue other people, to that God restores the broken, the discarded. He did for me. He did for Ron. Don't give up. Take people to the Bible Amen. for our answers. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters what God says. The last thing is that we encourage one another. I look around the room and there's a lot of people in this room that have more gray hair than me. You know what that tells me? You've walked on this earth a little longer than I have. We need to encourage one another. We're sitting, Sarah and I were sitting next to a young couple and uh, one of the fun things they did before the session started was they asked um, who was the longest married couple. You know, they had everybody stand up if they've been married longer than 15 years, 20 years. They do that at weddings too. And the longest couple in the room was was 54 years. And that's pretty amazing. And then they said, well, we'll do the opposite now. How many couples? And it went right down to the months. There was a couple right in front of us that were only married three months. And there was about three or four couples left standing. I think there was a like a newlywed that won the award or whatever for being there. But this young couple, they were sitting in front of us. And I remember what it was like to be married um, for the first three months. Sarah and I had a hard time keeping our hands off each other. It just was the way it was. And we just loved each other and just, you know, she'd always be resting her head on my shoulder and, and different things. And this couple, they put the chairs together so you had to sit next to your spouse. They couldn't sit farther away on those chairs. I mean, they both were sitting on the edge of the chairs. And I'm a big guy. I could have sat between them. And they've only been married three months. And I was just so broken hearted because I was like, there's something going on there and I don't know what's going on. But what I can do is I can encourage them. I can say, hey, you're in the right place. No matter what you're going through, if you focus on Jesus, He's the restorer. He makes all things new. God brought the two of you together. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. We need to learn how to do that, church. We need to learn how to be encouragers. Come alongside people that are struggling. I'm guilty. I'm guilty myself. Sometimes I get so wrapped up in preparing a sermon or the thoughts that are in my head. Do I really care about who's coming in? I really do care. And sometimes I don't show it. But more importantly, Jesus cares. Jesus cares for you. I don't know what your future holds, church. 
But if you give your life to Jesus Christ, He's the one that's going to hold your future. My challenge this morning, church, is that we would be encouragers. We would pursue the people in our life that God's called us to pursue, starting with our spouse and our kids, by praying for them, realizing that God's in the restoration business. We need to come alongside people gently. Gently and say, hey, let me go through this with you. Let me go through this with you. I'm here to pray with you. People feel so alone in this world. You know, um, I'll close with this. wasn't that long ago there was a saying that um, people would say, keeping up with the Joneses. Have you all heard that saying before? Basically, what that saying is saying is, hey, um, I want to look like my neighbor. I want to I want to have what my neighbor has. I want to keep up with the Joneses. I want to keep up with my neighbors. Well, we live in a society now that, you know what our neighbors are? Our neighbors aren't just the people that live in our neighborhood anymore. We have these phones. And in that phone, we have the information of the world. And in that phone, we see pictures of the Kardashians and whoever else, famous people. And people in our world today are feeling more alone than ever before. And we have more ways to connect. If I wanted to call my neighbor's house just down the road on McMahon Road when I was growing up, if I wanted to call them up, it was long distance. Now I can call Brother Oscar in Guatemala for free. So we live in a world that we should be closer connected and yet we're farther away than ever before. And people go on Facebook and go on other um, other things on their phone and people are putting their phones down more and more depressed. I want to have a marriage like so-and-so. I want to have a house like so-and-so. I wish I could go out to eat like so-and-so. Stop it. Stop it. Pursue God. Pursue the ones God's put in your life. Gently come alongside each other and saying, hey, God has this. I'll walk through this with you. Realize that God will equip us and empower us through His Scripture. Take people to church. Take people to Bible study. Open up the Bible yourself and start reading it. Encouraging yourself, encouraging your spouse. Can we do this? Sadly, I think what's happened so often in church is gotten so beat up with sin and we haven't dealt with it and we throw the ties in the bottom of my closet and the dust bunnies are collecting on them. Nashlin says, Hey Dad, what do you think of my fair project? My old dusty, dirty ties. 
And I realized that, yeah, God makes all things new. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank You for today. Lord, I thank You for the people that You put in my life. Thank You for my family. I thank You for my beautiful bride and my children. Thank You for my mom and dad and my brothers and my father and mother-in-law. I thank You for all the people that have spoken into my life. I thank You for this church and all of the people that You put in this church. Lord, we need You. Lord, it starts with creating a new heart inside of me. Lord, I pray that I would drop my selfishness, my selfish desires, and focus on You. If we could just do that, that would allow God to work in us. It would allow God to restore us. Oh, Lord. Thank you for being our Lord and our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening in to today's message. To get in touch or donate, please see the links in the show notes. God bless.